0: amen well i've entitled this uh, message final words final words are always very important did you know that jesus spoke seven times on the cross you may not know this but he did he spoke seven times on the cross perfect number seven that's how many times he spoke And it couldn't have been easy. If it was easy. I'm sure that Jesus would have preached a sermon. On the cross. But it wasn't easy to speak. Because every time. He had to speak. He had to raise himself up. To put air in his lungs. And to hold himself on the nails. Before he could speak. And so you can imagine. How much pain. There must have been in his body just so that he could speak. I do know if you've ever been near a woman who is in labour and she is in pain. The last person that she wants to speak is you. I don't want to talk to you at all because she's concentrating on the pain. And the pain is so much. And Jesus, now, we take it on to another level, and Jesus is in tremendous pain, and he speaks seven things. And this morning, we only look at two of them, what he says. The first one we find, actually, in our Bible reading, and um, so I've entitled the first um, part of my message, A Lack of Knowledge. Because this is what Jesus says when he's being crucified. He says this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now he says this when they have grabbed a hold of him, laid him down on the cross, and they stretched him out. And, and one man maybe stretched his one arm out, and another man got a hold of his other arm and stretched that out and as they handled him and stretched him out and began to drive the nails into his flesh and as they were driving his nails into his flesh they had to lift up the cross and as they lifted it up they had to drop into the hole in the ground and when all this was happening when all the pain that surrounded that Physical crucifixion he said these words Father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing now the question that I have to ask this passage the question I had to ask Jesus this morning is what did they not know what did the people who nailed him, who whipped him who spat on him, who cursed him, who insulted him what did they not know? I have to ask that question this morning the first thing that they did not know is that they did not know that there was handling the son of God that's why he said father they did not know that they were handling the Son of God. In fact, they did not know what Isaiah spoke about this one. Look what Isaiah said over in chapter 9. He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince Of peace. This son of God. That they were handling. This one that they were stretching out. And nailing to the cross. This one was known as. The prince. Of peace. They were. Nailing and handling. Someone. Who will bring peace. Between them and God. They were laying hold of. They were murdering. They were killing someone who can bring God's mercy, God's favor, God's smile, God's approval into their lives. That is who they were nailing to the cross. And that is why Jesus said, they don't know what they're doing. They are taking the one that can bring peace. And God's love and favour and compassion. And they are nailing the one who is the Prince of Peace. To the cross. How very sad. You know people today are rejecting Jesus Christ. And they are rejecting the Prince of Peace. That's who they're rejecting. They are rejecting the one... Who is known as the Prince of Peace. Now some people, they like talking about having a peaceful life. You know, they like a peaceful life. Some people want to escape into the country. Get away from the town. Get away from the hustle and the bustle of London and and the city life. And I'm going to escape so I can have a peaceful life. Others will talk about having a peaceful mind. Having a mind that is just peaceful. And so they put on relaxing music. Maybe some instrumental or you know some some some, some, some Beethoven or, or, or some some kind of classical music so they can have a, a peace of mind. But everybody, everybody speaks about death in this ways. in this way. Let him rest in peace. I know what I want to have on my tombstone, they say. I know what I want to have written on my grave. I want, may he rest in peace. But I want to tell you this morning, that when and if Jesus Christ is rejected from your life, you will never rest in peace. Because he is the Prince of Peace. And if you want peace in your life. no point in putting on some Beethoven or some Mozart. No point in escaping to the country. Because when you go to the grave and you want peace there, you won't find it. Why? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And this is what these people did not know. They were handling, they were crucifying they were rejecting the very one that can bring them peace I wonder this morning are you like those men around that cross do you know who you are rejecting they rejected the prince of peace but not only that What else did they did not know? Well, they did not know this about Jesus when he was born. The angels, let me just go back a verse or two. Okay, we're missing a verse here because of the computer. When over in um, Luke chapter 2, Jesus is called unto you as saviour is born. These men, when they gathered around the cross and they got a hold of Jesus and they were nailing him, they were rejecting a saviour. That's what they were rejecting. They didn't know it at the time. They were completely blind at the time. They were completely confused, totally unaware at the time. But they were crucifying a saviour. Someone... Who was sent to rescue them? Someone who was sent to bring them back to God. Someone who was sent to give them hope. The fact is, I want to tell you this morning man needs a savior. Look what a mess our world is in. Look what a mess. We cannot fix anything. You know, I'm a part of this culture as well. You know, we live in a throwaway culture. You know that? If your toaster doesn't work, just throw it away. The fuse could have gone, but we don't take the fuse. Just throw the toaster away. Because, you know, we live in a throwaway culture. I know people that have a mobile phone, and as soon as the... The, the, the screen is cracked? Well, we've thrown it away. Let's get another mobile phone. We live in the day of throwing things away. We can't fix anything. I want to tell you this morning, man, today, can't fix anything. It cannot fix the family. Look at our society. It cannot fix the family. That's why we have broken families. He cannot fix society. That's why in society we have broken people. And these broken people are not cared for by society. Because we can't fix them, we chuck them in mental homes. We chuck them into hospitals. We throw them on a scrap heap. We don't want them anymore because they're broken. We can't fix them. Not only that, he cannot even fix the future. So we have broken dreams and broken promises. We live in a life and a world of brokenness. At the end of our lives, when we come to an end and we're old and we're grey and we're sitting in a rocking chair. Some of you can't envisage that but I'm telling you it's going to happen. And we're in the rocking chair and, and we're sitting around, looking around, can't move around. We say with the wisest man I ever lived, we say with him, meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That's what we will say. But we need to remember. These people around the cross didn't know that the one that they were nailing was the one who would bring meaning into their lives. They didn't realize that. Jesus said, Father, they don't know what they are doing. They are rejecting the very one that can bring meaning and purpose to their lives. That's who they're rejecting. They're rejecting the very one that can bring salvation to them. That is what they do not know. And I'm asking you this morning, are you like those people around the cross? Do you know who you are rejecting? Do you know who you're pushing to one side? You're rejecting the one that can bring meaning into your life. They didn't know that. They rejected one who could bring peace. They rejected one who could bring meaning. And thirdly, what else have they rejected? Some of you were here a few weeks ago, and I love preaching on this, that Jesus is the king of the Jews. If you haven't heard that message, you can go online and it's there. But this king, it was promised about him. It said this. His kingdom, he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Listen to me. This man that they were crucifying. This man who were, they were nailing on the cross. This man, his kingdom, the Bible says, will never end. It will be an eternal kingdom. They didn't know that at the time. They were thinking, oh, this man is done. This man is cooked. He's finished. He's, 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 his life is over. We are nailing him to the cross. But they did not know that his kingdom is an everlasting And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know that my kingdom is not going to end with them putting nails in my hands. My kingdom is not going to end with them putting nails in my feet. My kingdom is not going to end tonight. No, 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 no. My kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, he says. So therefore... Everyone, listen to me carefully, everyone will appear before his kingdom. Everyone. Those around the cross who are doing the nailing, they will appear at his kingdom. Those of us who are sitting here on a Sunday morning worshipping, we will appear at his kingdom. And this is what the Bible says what will happen when we appear at his kingdom. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, And gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise being to God. Listen, these people did not know that. They did not know it. And so Jesus cries out as the nails were driven into his flesh. He cries out. He doesn't speak to man, but he prays and he speaks to God. And he says, Father, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. And I want to tell you this morning that when Jesus prayed that prayer, God heard it. And every time you reject Jesus, every time your wife rejects Christ, every time your family member rejects Christ, every time the man in the street rejects Christ, this prayer goes up into heaven. Father, forgive, forgive, forgive. They do not know who they are rejecting. And I say to myself, I think the Lord hears that prayer. I believe the Lord hears that wonderful, painful, sacrificial, intercessory prayer. And when he hears it, I believe he says, I will forgive them. Providing that they confess with their mouth. Now that Jesus is Lord. Providing that they believe in their hearts. I raise you from the dead. Providing they do that, I will forgive them every single time, says the Lord. That's what I will do. I hear your prayer, Jesus. I hear you crying out for those men nailing you to the cross. I hear you crying out for those men who've rejected you as prince of peace. I hear you crying out for those men who've rejected you as one who can bring meaning into their lives. I hear your prayer as you pray for those who've rejected you. But if they will turn and say with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in their hearts that God raised him from the dead, then I guarantee you, I will bring them to glory. I will bring them out. From their rejection and from their meaningless and from their empty life. I will bring them out and I will bring them to glory. Praise be to God. How can anyone reject Christ? How can anyone say, oh, I have Jesus. But I also will have a few other gods as well. I will add my own mix. No, 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 no. Jesus is the only way. And he says, I will receive you. If you confess With your mouth. That Jesus is Lord. No other lords. No other gods. No, 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 no. Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart. That God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So Jesus. One of his words then is this. Seven words of Jesus. Seven phrases of Jesus. One of them is this. You've probably heard a few of them already this morning. But Father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Here's a bit of homework for you. Maybe you can go home and find out what the other five sayings of Christ is. That's a little bit of homework for you. That's one of them. What's the other one? Well, the other one is found in John's Gospel. So I've entitled this one, A Lack of Thirst. And here it is later knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture will be fulfilled, Jesus said something else on the cross. Here is something else that he said. He said, I am thirsty. Now those who read this they may say to themselves, so obviously he's thirsty, can't you see what's happened to him? He's been 2 days in a trial. He's been pulled from one court to another court, he's been spat upon and, and beaten and he had a crown of thorns laid on his head and, and he's been mocked and slapped around and and he's been crucified. Surely he must be thirsty. Surely he must be hungry. Two days he's gone with with, with men completely insulting. Surely that is it. That's why he said, I am thirsty. Well, I'm sure there's some truth in that to a certain extent. But the fact is, the reason why Jesus said, I am thirsty, is far more than a physical pain. Something far more serious was happening when Jesus said, I am thirsty. What was happening? Well, those of us who know that God is a triune God, there's God the Father, God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit. He is a triune God. Three in one. So when Jesus was on the cross. God the Son was on the cross. He said something else. Look what he said over in Matthew's gospel. He said, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? How many my gods is there? Two. My God the Father you have forsaken me but God the son is on the cross was nailed upon Jesus, and so God had to turn his face away from the one he knew for all eternity. My God the Father, but also my God the Spirit. Why have you forsaken me? Now the reason why I say that, because the Holy Spirit in the Bible is often referred to as living waters. Some of you remember Jesus meeting a woman at the well. It happened that Jesus went to a well in the middle of the afternoon. It was very very warm. His disciples went to get some food, and as he stood by the well, sat by the well, a woman came up. This woman had had 5 husbands. And the man she's living with was not her husband. I don't know what happened to the five husbands. Maybe she buried them in the back garden. I don't know. Maybe they left because the cooking was so bad. I got no idea why she lost five husbands. But you're going to be a bad wife to lose five men. And she lost five of them. And now she's come to the well. And the reason why she come to the well on that time because she doesn't want anyone to see her. She's got a bad reputation. So she goes to the well when no one else was there. And she comes to the well and there she meets Jesus. And Jesus sees her. She's from Samaria. And Jesus says to her, Woman, give me something to drink. The woman said, you're a Jew. And you asking me for a drink? This is what Jesus said to her. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, let me just stop right there. This woman, like the men around the cross, didn't know something. And Jesus is now explaining to her something she didn't know. I think today we have people in the church who are like her, who don't know something. And Jesus turns around and says to her, listen if you knew the gift of God and who it is to ask you for a drink you would have asked him and he would give you Well, the woman got quite kind of excited, you know. She said, What this living water? It's amazing. If I can have this living water, I won't have to come to this world ever again. But she had completely no understanding what Jesus was speaking about, he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. And so, he says to her later on, Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks. This water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, I have the Spirit, says Jesus. And when I give you the Spirit, you will have living waters living within you. Speaking about the Holy Spirit. For now we find him on the cross. What does he cry out? I am thirsty. You see, the very spirit that filled me without measure. The very Holy Spirit came on me on the baptism. Anointing me for ministry. The very Holy Spirit that overshadowed Mary. And brought my conception into the world. The very Holy Spirit. Has left me. I am thirsty he said. Oh I cannot. Show you the magnitude of this. The Holy Spirit. Leaves Christ. And he cries out. I am thirsty. This woman. Coming back to this woman. Even though this woman was full of sin. Even though this woman was a wicked woman. I like her desire. Look what she said. She said, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. She may not have the right understanding that I won't thirst again. She might have the wrong, but she had a desire. When she heard about the water that she can never thirst again. She said, Sir, give me this water. I want to have some of it myself. She was desiring what Jesus had. The reason why Jesus was thirsty on the cross was so that you would not have to experience that thirst. The reason why Jesus was left alone on that cross was because you, so that you will never Ever be left alone by God what does God say I will never leave you I will never forsake you though a mother forsakes the, the baby I will never forsake you the sad thing that we have in the church we have a lack of thirsty people in the church that's why I say a lack of thirst a lack of thirsty people They get their satisfaction by other things and they have this that comforts them and that that helps them. They're a bit like babies. You put a dummy in a baby's mouth and it soothes them. I think the Americans call it soothers just to soothe them them, them away. We have a lack of thirst in the church today and I'm preaching this morning because I believe that God is calling his church back to a thirst for the Holy Spirit. Saying, oh God, Oh God, sir, give me this water that I will not thirst. Fill me with your spirit, oh God. Deal with sin in my life. Crucify the old way and change me. But oh God, fill me, fill me, fill me with your spirit. And Jesus, nailed on the cross, didn't have to speak a word. But he raises up to say another thing. And he said, I am thirsty. And the reason why he was thirsty. Because the spirit of God had left him. But you do not have to know that. You can have the Holy Spirit. Living and dwelling with you throughout this Easter. Causing you to turn your heart and your mind to the one. Oh, you might come and you say, I don't know this Jesus. I don't know nothing about him. I've rejected him. I didn't know that he was the Prince of Peace. I didn't know that he was a saviour bringing meaning into my life. I didn't know that he was all these these, these wonderful things and I didn't know about him. But now the Holy Spirit has come upon me and my mind and my heart has been opened to him. So now this Easter is going to be different. It's not going to be me about the eggs and the balloons and the services. No, 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 no. It's going to be about me being filled with the spirit of the living God. That's what it's going to be about. Oh, God, fill me. Change me. Make me a man. Make me a woman who stands more than a conqueror. Why? Because the spirit of God dwells. Within my very heart. Brothers, sisters, friends. Those of you who are not Christians. I want to tell you now. Christ is calling you back to himself. He's calling you. And says to you. What you've got now is inadequate. It's not enough to get through the journey. No, no, no. You need my spirit. Come to me. Be filled with him. Cry out to him. You don't need any man to lay hands on your head. No, no, no. You need Christ. And you need him to be called out to. Say, Lord, I don't need man. I don't need preachers. I don't need Jerry Sandy. I need you. That's what I need. Fill me this morning. That I might go from this church. Empowered. By the grace. And the third person of the Trinity. In my life. Let's pray. Oh God, oh God, I come before you and I pray that you, Lord, might change us. Lord, we do not know so much. We do not know that we're rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, hear the prayer of Jesus. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. And Lord, forgive us today. Cleanse us from our sins. Wash us, O God, from our ignorance. Change our thinking, O God. Forgive us, O God. Forgive us. That we might be a people filled with your spirit. Fallen in love with you. A people who confess That Jesus is Lord and believe that you are raised at the right hand of God in glory. Oh God, hear my prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.